The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. been in ministry for mm, 20, looks like about 20 years. And uh, my husband and I, we've been married for 20 plus years. Yeah, praise God. Oh, come on. That's a, mir- that's a miracle for a third generation pastor's kid right there. Come on. I was that pastor's kid that said, I will never be in ministry. You people are crazy. I've seen, I see what goes on behind that curtain. No, thank you. Yeah, well, joke's on me. <laughs> I have, a, I have other siblings, and none of them are in ministry except for myself. <laughs> oh, God works in mysterious ways. Well, I have a couple of messages out on the table. I just only brought two. Um, they're awesome uh, because they're from the Lord. Uh, the first one is the gift inside the power inside and the power of the Holy Spirit. This talks about your gifts and your callings, how your gifts and callings work to discover your gifts and callings. How many of you know some of us are called to the church, some of us are called to the government, and some are called to the marketplace? Yeah. Amen. We, we have a, a church government marketplace ministry. We minister to all areas. Uh, we have the privilege of doing that. Got some exciting news. My husband was just invited to Mez- uh, Mexico to go and speak with the president of Mexico. Whoa. Come on, we're bringing the gospel around the world. So, good stuff. Um, So, whatever your gift is, whatever you're called to, if you're called to church, if you're called to be a minister, a preacher of the gospel, to do anything else would be a step down in your life. Anything else other than government, if that is your calling, anything else would be a step down for you to do something else. And, of course, if you're called to the marketplace, anything else is going to be a step down. So your gifts and callings, amen? Who wants this one? Just come on and get it. Oh! <laughs> awesome. And the next one is the power of, uh, it's the power of the thankful heart. Um, I'll get into just a little bit of this, but I, uh, I got sick for several years. And so during that time of sickness and coming out of sickness, as it was awesome what Carly was talking about with faith. You know, faith is an interesting thing. Um, but coming through that, I had to learn how to be thankful, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what's going on around you. Thankfulness is so powerful. When you truly move into a thankful heart and you are not persuaded in any other way, and you're genuinely thankful no matter what's going on around about you, that is power in and of itself that breaks you out. I mean, even the people in the world, they have it down that if you're positive, you're going to draw positive things. They don't even have Jesus, and they know this. If you're negative, you're going to draw in negative things. When you become thankful in, in your walk with the Lord and generally thankful from the heart, you're going to pull in so many things that actually belong to you. So, amen. Thankful heart for anyone else. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. Well, like I said, been in ministry for some time. I was raised in it. 
I was raised by a prophet, and he was no joke, man. <laughs> like, and not the, not the weird, goofy, you know, spooky kind, my husband. See, I try to marry someone not like my dad, and I marry someone just like my dad. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So my husband has a strong prophetic gift. It's not the, whoo, we're going to wave flags and be all... And there's sparkles and rainbows and glitter from the ceiling everywhere. No, he brings the word of God, the truth of God, from the word of God. Hallelujah, in power and in truth. So it's been, it's been awesome to be married to a man of God for 20-plus years. Uh, our children, our daughter Allison is 18, and our son is soon to be 17. Um, so we have just, it's been awesome, but it hasn't always been easy. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, and here's why. I'm qualified. I'm qualified for this message. I have passed some serious things in my life, and you are qualified. And you're about to learn how to be even more qualified in your areas. So my heart today is to simulate what a breakthrough looks like. Today I'm going to talk about your inevitable breakthrough. It's inevitable. Your inevitable breakthrough is coming. It's not just coming, it is here. And I'm going to simulate breakthrough today because how many of you know you can hear somebody else's testimony and it's encouraging. It really is. Believe me, I know. When I was sick, I heard so many messages to the point that I couldn't take one more healing tape because in myself, I'm like, I'm doing everything that they're saying to do. I know all the healing scriptures. I could tell you every message possible there was about healing. Why isn't it still happening yet? Why isn't it happening for me yet? And there's one word that the devil uses that looks real similar to faith. Carly talked about it today. But there's a word he used. It looks, it looks just like faith, but it's not faith. It's called mental assent. It's in here. You know it. You hear it. You agree with it. But it hasn't crossed over into what faith looks like to produce your inevitable breakthrough, whatever that may be, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's a job, whether it's family, whether it's whatever it may be. The Word of God is so awesome because you can use the principles and they apply in every area of your life. You can take faith and apply faith for your finances. In the same way that you use it in faith, you can use it in healing and, and health. So I am going to, I as best as I can, I heard the Lord say, Heather, you're qualified, and you're going to show them what a breakthrough looks like today. I'm like, amen. amen. Come on, you're not just going to hear a testimony today. This is going to be involved today. <laughs> so, so with that, I was sick um, for, gosh, it, they told me it would only be six months. It turned into five years. So, and with no promise of anything even happening. I, was, I had double kidney failure. And with double kidney failure, you have, you have dialysis. Like my kidneys were not functioning. Do you, are you guys familiar with dialysis? Yeah, it's universal. Uh, so with that, I was in dialysis for probably almost three years. And it's always real encouraging when you show up and real big grown men would be standing at the mechanical doors just breaking down and sobbing before going in because it's not a fun place. You have needles that you can look through because they're so big that they go into your arms. And it was awful. But during that time, I had to learn 
how to acquire faith for real. So as a minister's kid, I, had a, I was like, I know all this. I, scra- I had to scrap everything. I was so sick of it halfway through, speeding up a little bit here. Halfway through the process, I'm like, okay, clearly the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing like we heard last night, expecting different results. And so I was like, this isn't working. I need some different results. So I scrapped everything, and I began to pray and ask the Lord, you've got to help me. I'm doing everything I know to do. Um, Listening to healing tapes actually became tormenting because I knew them all. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. I was like, Lord, you've got to show me. What am I not doing right? He said, you're doing mental ascent. You're getting it here, but it's not absorbing. And I was like, you're, you're going to, I literally just threw my hands up, and I said, you're going to have to help me. What do I do? He said, get to know me. I stopped listening to healing tapes. I stopped listening to the messages. I threw everything out, and I went back to the basics. I went back to the beginning. I, I just started from scratch all over again. And I began to fall in love with Jesus, and it was awesome. Carly talked about it. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing, and not heard one time, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing his word. And then when you get it into you so much, it's that anointing that breaks the yoke as they talk about in the word of God. That as you begin to fall in love with Jesus so much, that yoke of an oxen that goes around the oxen, they become so strong. You become so strong in the Lord that you begin to break that yoke. It can't contain you. It can't hold you. It can't keep you any longer. So when I was in that, I began to fall in love with Jesus so much that my heart became so fully persuaded that I didn't care whether I lived or died. I really didn't. And they came to me weekly saying, you're going to have to say your goodbyes. Say goodbye to your husband. You're going to have to say goodbye to your kids. They almost got me. It almost got me. There was one day I came to my husband, and I said, you know, Joseph, I love you. And he's like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I said, I said, oh, ha, uh-huh. And I said, <laughs> I said, I love you. I said, but I want to know that somebody's going to take care of you. If I, he's like, don't you even start this conversation. And I, because I was like, they're like, you're done. Your vitals are not holding up. You're, it, this is it. Like, we don't even know how you made it this long. And, uh, and I said, I need someone, I need a woman for, you know, that's going to be a mother to my daughter. She's going to need a woman in her life. I want, I'm going to need someone who's understanding to our son, Daniel, who's diagnosed with autism at a very young age. And, uh, but bless God, healing and wholeness is awesome. We're going to burn the devil's playground down today. Come on. Woo. But so he is high functioning. He is awesome. He loves Jesus. He, he went from not communicating at all to Full-fledged, you know, you can't get him to stop. <laughs> He's a genius. So with that, I began to start to go through this, starting to settle, start, starting to go, well, they're coming to me weekly now, and, it's, and there's no sight in, ahead of me that kidney transplant is even an option. And so with that, I just said, I, you know, I, I got tired. I just, I got tired. You know, it talks about in Daniel, he comes by the wearing of the saints. We just talked about it. He'll try and wear you out. And even whether it's while doing good or sickness and health or whatever. But I got so irritated. I'm like, Lord, this is ridiculous. 
Look, I went from I went from doing highly athletic things. I finally got mad. I, I doing a- athletic things to I'm like I am a healthy person. I am a well person. I was doing triathlons. I don't do sick. I got so mad. I got so sick of it that I scrapped everything, and that's when the Lord said, you got to get to know me. And I was likened to faith like a runner's high. Anybody experience runner's high? That is awesome. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because I, I had a friend that I used to do triathlons with, and she's like, don't you just love runner's high? And I'm like, no. What is that? Like, what are you talking about runner's high? And runner's high is where you could run till the end of time because your body is feeling you have, you have gone past yourself to where your endorphins kick in so hard, you could run for like 20 hours and just whatever. Like, do, 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 I'm just. I'm like, runner's high. Good for you. (laughs) No, I haven't experienced runner's high. But it wasn't until I did one triathlon that I pushed myself so hard, and this applies to you in your life. I had pushed myself so hard that I've gone, spent so past myself. As a matter of fact, I got hypothermia when I was swimming the, like, three-mile thing, and it's ridiculous. I'm like, why do I do this? <laughs> why do we put ourselves through things? Anyway, I was so depleted that by the time that I got past the bike portion onto the run that I had pushed myself so hard that I had gone beyond my physical self. I had gone beyond myself. I had gone so past my natural abilities I had depleted myself of my natural abilities that I had now stepped over into what I had finally experienced, which was runner's high. And that's the same with faith. You have to get so past your natural abilities where you're no longer in your natural abilities anymore. You're no longer leaning on your natural abilities. Yes, you've had training. Yes, you've had training in the word. Yes, you understand the function of it. But you get so past yourself, you get beyond yourself, that now you step into faith in such a way that you is just all, you're all in. And I had gotten to the point that whether I live or die, it don't matter to me. It really didn't. I was, I was in thankfulness. I was in joy. I was in so in love with Jesus that this world grows strangely dim. It grows so strangely dim, like the song, Hallelujah. And um, as it became so strangely dim, now I, it's, it's a little, like, underlying uh, precursor here. But uh, when I was young, I had died and I had I'd passed away because I broke my neck when I was a kid. I don't have time for this story, sorry. <laughs> but when I, when I was young, I broke my neck. Like I said, I was a gymnast from, oh, no, I didn't say that. I was from seven years old till my senior in high school. And... Uh, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I had broken my neck. I went on to be with the Lord as they brought me into the hospital. And uh, while I was there, it's amazing. When you pass over, for those who have experienced this, you literally, it's like you're on earth, and then you're with the Lord. Earth, Lord. Earth, Lord. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> it is, there is no fear in death. Perfect love casts out all fears we've been talking about, and there is no torment in it. You don't think anything about it. So I had a little bit of a taste of, of what I, you know, what it was. But now, that was a miracle that I received when I was young, and that's another time. But I had to work through faith in healing. I had to, I had to work it out. I had to work it through. I had to become diligent in, in, what, in what that was. Let, let me get to some scriptures here. 
Um, thank you, Jesus. So in dialysis, I had, um, I had all kinds of stuff going on. I got mad. I got so mad that I started traveling with my husband in ministry. I'm like, set up my dialysis run over here in this state. Oh, call this over here in this state. I'm going. I'd get on a plane. I'd go do dialysis and sometimes more times out of state than the state I lived in. Um, when we did ministry, we did about 76 live broadcasts. That's, we did live stream before, ever before there was Facebook. And we had a whole crew. We took all of our TV and everything, and we'd set up. I mean, everything from cornfields to, <laughs> I'm not kidding. We were ministering to Amish people at the time, and oh, bless God. I showed, God, you guys, I showed up in something like these. And they got their coverings on and everything, and it was like a private meeting up in this upper room of a barn. It was like the upper room, no joke, and we got up there. I'm not kidding. There was one buggy parked outside and nothing else. And as we were sitting, as we were coming in, I'm not kidding, it was like an underground meeting because, you know, if you have three Amish people, that's a revival. There was 60. There was 60 Amish people, like, crammed up in this room, and I'm like, Jesus, it's hot, and they don't do deodorant. <laughs> you guys, it was for real. It was, it was something else. I love my Amish friends out there. But anyway, <laughs> suffering for Jesus. But seriously, I was walking across that lawn. I was, like, aerating the lawn with my heels. I'm like, somebody throw some grass seed down. Maybe plant something in this, this, this soft, like, field we're in here. Anyway, it was, it was, I'm like, Jesus, really? I got big hair, makeup, heels, Amish people, really? And he's like, yeah, they need deliverance. (laughs) They're in religion. They don't know the love of God. They know performance. And they treat their women like dogs. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) They do, too. They're like, husband walks through the door with the kids and, or no, not even. He just walks through the door and lets it slam on the woman with her and the kids behind. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. No, 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 no. I've had the privilege of setting a lot of these women free because they believe in these head covering things that that is where their their righteousness falls and all of this. And I'm like, man, girls, come on. I I had to tell them, you guys need to get your education. You go back and study in the word. The only reason why women ever wore a head covering is because the men loved them. I'm about to explain. They loved them in the sense of, They wanted to protect them because back then, if you were a prostitute, your notification of being a prostitute was to chop your hair off. So the men, the men of God, the men of God in the Bible that wanted to protect and cover these women because they have now come to Jesus because they no longer want to be. When they wanted to come to Jesus, they said, cover your head till your hair grows out so that you won't be shamed. And then when your hair grows out, you take your head covering off. Education. It's awesome. Okay, I haven't even touched where we need to be going here. Come on. So anyway, it was, it was really frustrating. Of course, in the Amish community, they're like, mm. the religious people would be like, mm, it's because they're preaching that greasy grace stuff. That's why she got sick, because I got sick when we started ministering to them. And, uh, man, I even had one minister that was, had the audacity to go, is she really sick? Like, he approached me. I was like, come on, bring it. You don't know where I came from. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, because I had a short sleeves on, and I didn't have the needles yet. I had a port up here, and so I had, like, little, the clothes I was wearing, you just, you couldn't tell it. it was, the tubes were taped down really tight for dialysis. 
and I had him do that on purpose so that, you know, I'm, I was standing in front of a podium. I don't want tubes sticking out and everything else. I don't, people don't need to be distracted. They need to hear the gospel. They don't need my sob story. We need the gospel. Hallelujah. And, oh, my husband's like, Heather, don't do it. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm, watch me. Uh, and he's like, are, are you even, I like, do you, he said, are you even in dialysis? I said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Any other questions? But anyway, you'd have to know the scenario. Uh, that was free. I don't even know why I said that, but I hope that blessed somebody out there. <laughs> but anyway, it's, you have to learn in faith that there's consistency um, through faith and patience. And uh, through faith and patience, it is like runner's high. You, you begin to run, you run a race, and you don't quit. You do deplete yourself of your naturalness until you move into the spirit of God, where you're no longer leaning on your own abilities, but you begin to lean on God's abilities. And when, you became, and when you're in patience, you're consistently staying the same. You consistently stay the same. And so I'm going to go to Hebrews 6. Hallelujah, God. He is awesome. Oh, I love Jesus. He's so good. Okay, Hebrews 6. I want to talk about faith and patience today. This is how you get a breakthrough. Hebrews 6, verse 9. It says, but though we speak in this manner, we are persuaded of better things for you. Somebody say, better things for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Things that accompany salvation, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and your labor of love. Somebody say work. I'm not afraid to work. Work, 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 work. Sorry, had a moment. I can't do that. Usually I sing Tina Turner. She's my girl. Anyway, I do feel a little bit like Janet Jackson up here, like, like Rhythm Nation. No? Anybody? Oh, sorry. I did have a season where I was not following the Lord as a child. And I might be giving my age away by talking about Tina Turner and Janet Jackson, but that's okay. Getting older is awesome. You're smarter, you're faster, you have more wisdom. It, the time it took you to do things in your younger years, you're just like, you just whip through stuff. Do not be afraid of getting older. It is a privilege. It is an honor. You're, you're stronger. The older you get, the wiser you get. The older you get, the faster you get. The older you get, man, whoo, the authority in your life. You don't put up with stuff. Amen. All right, I got to stay on point here. Let's talk about work. I got, okay, seriously, are any of you guys, yeah, squirrel. <laughs> I'm having a squirrel moment, <laughs> like distracted. Uh, but do you guys ever go into restaurants and as soon as music playing, you're just like, I don't know about you guys, but it's terrible. If music starts playing, I'm gone. Everything except country. Oh. My dog died. She left me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, Lord, God help you. <laughs> anyway. All right, that was free. Um, <laughs> sorry. 
work and labor of love that you have shown for his name and that you have ministered to the saints and continue ministering. Somebody say, I minister to the saints. And I will continue to minister to the saints. I minister to the saints in the church. I minister to the saints in the government. I minister to the saints in the marketplace. Hallelujah. I minister to the saints and the unsaved. Hallelujah. It says, we desire, going on to say ministering, we desire that every one of you show the same diligence. Somebody say diligent. I'm going to be diligent. Hallelujah. For the full assurance of hope to the end so that you may not be lazy. Somebody say, I am not lazy. I know you guys aren't lazy. There's different cultures because we travel a lot. This culture is not a lazy culture. You guys are not a lazy culture. By observation and things that I have just conversation, this is, this is a strong culture. This is a diligent culture. I don't know if you guys know that, but I'm telling you, from outside a little bit, being a, the outsider, you, this is a strong nation. Everywhere I've encountered people that are working, they are working. I saw it several times, um, every time. For the ones that had the mind set to work, it was amazing. Hallelujah, that to be not lazy, but imitators. Somebody say imitators. Of those through faith and patience inherit the promises. So this is what I want to get to, who I am, down to it. Hallelujah, God. So faith and patience. You need to have someone you can imitate. You need to have someone who has gone before, someone that has, has success and a track record, who has been diligent, who has integrity. You need to have someone to imitate. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. You got Pastor Tafara and Chipo and other ministers here that if they are hearing the word of God that, and they are taking the word of God for the word of God, that is an awesome person to follow in Christ because let me tell you, they've been through some challenges and they continue to keep going. I can tell you, after I got sick, we got hit with a major lawsuit. It was about $5 million. No problem for Jesus. We came through clean, came before face clean. And uh, so at that point, I was like, man, I do not like church people, Jesus. Remember when I was a kid? I told you. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Sometimes, not everybody, but the ones that are still growing in the Lord, still growing in Jesus, bless God. I am not a pastor, so I can say this. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to choke them. Say, come on. You can't be serious right now. But anyway, I'm not a pastor. I'm a prophet. I am an encourager, though, so I don't know how that just worked. But anyway, (laughs) my gift is encouragement. But through faith and patience. So Carly talked about faith, staying in there. But patience means to consistently remain the same. No matter where it is great or whether it is not great, whether it is awesome or whether it is not awesome, whether you are sick or whether you are in a lawsuit fighting for your life. And I can tell you, the accuser of the brethren, the devil will come and accuse you. He is an illegalist. He is a legalist through your words, the words you speak. Carly mentioned that as well. But he is a legalist through your words, the way you speak about yourself. If you start talking down on yourself, you start getting negative on yourself, he's like, thank you, I have access Thank you, I have access. I got to a point where I was so irritated and frustrated. And here's, um, and with the legal stuff that I became offended.
stupid and I became uh, unusable. I was no longer usable because I came so offended with the church uh, because of the false accusations that the Lord was like, and we're going to place you over here for a moment. You need a break because hurt, hurt people hurt people and you are not in a place to be ministering to people. So we took a break for three years. Stopped. That is called ministry suicide. If you stop ministering, you're done. So I don't know if you guys deal with that here, but if you stop ministering and you're not out ministering the gospel and you have partners, I'm just talking real. If, you, if you're in ministry and you don't have an element of business, that's a problem because you need to be diligent in your finances. You need to be a good steward in your finances. You need to know how to run a, the books in ministry so you have integrity and you're, you're doing it right unto the Lord. But anyway, I got offended. We just stopped, and after that, we believed God. And I can tell you, had we not stopped, we would have been divorced. We would have lost our kids, everything. That's why I didn't want to go into ministry as a kid, because I saw behind the scenes. I saw how taxing it was on the parents. I got so tired as a kid constantly seeing the same people every Sunday going, please, will you help me? Please, I have this problem. And hearing, well, did you do the last thing I told you? No, but can you wave your wand over me and fix it? Because I'm lazy, and I don't want to work. Come on. I'm a minister's kid, and I'm not from here, and I'm leaving tomorrow, so. (laughs) Come on, I can say it. This is real. This is real. You are called to be mature believers. A mature believer in the Lord is someone who gets in the word of God, has faith in God, employs. You are an employer. You're a boss. You are the boss of your life. You begin to employ faith and patience in your life. And as you begin to employ faith and patience into your life, consistently remaining the same and not getting off track, but whether it's a good day or a bad day or the worst day, you're still remaining the same because the word is the word is the word. Jesus is the word and the word made flesh. Hallelujah. And is the word in your life. We talked about feelings that we talked about air conditionings. That was awesome. That is like pocket. (laughs) I'm using that one. Switch it off, man. You switch those emotions off. We have a lot of doctor friends. Okay, man, I got to hurry up. We have a lot of doctor friends. You got to hear this. This is awesome. So, like, buff. Mm. This guy, he is is a buff dude. Jim, it's all natural, everything. They do um, hormonal stuff where it's all natural. Don't do the fake stuff if you're even into that. And if you're not, please forgive my Americanism. But anyway, we're natural hormones to help people balance out. He's in the pharmacy mixing. He's, he does compounding where he's fixing all natural, no synthetic, nothing fake, mixing it up. And later in the day, it's, you know, in a very hot, hot, humid day, and he takes his coat off, and he goes from his long gloves to mixing down to his short gloves because he's just him, and he's got two other pharmacists in there. That one was in special forces. They're all like ripped dudes in there, you know, doing all the natural stuff, not the harmful stuff. And uh, next thing he knows, he's just like kind of spacey. And then all of a sudden he looks over and his his green beret, you know, special forces guy is like in the corner rocking and crying. <laughs> she's over crying. And then now he looks over at the other pharmacist guy and he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my life. I know, what are we doing? I just really don't know what we're doing right now. And he's like, I don't know. And so he goes home, 
and goes out to the mall with his wife, and he's walking, they're shopping, he's like, did you see that? Did you see the way they looked at me? I think they're talking about me. She's looking at him, she's a doctor too. She's like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you looking at me like that? Do you not like, do you not like what I'm wearing right now? Do you not like my clothes? I mean, we're out shopping. Do you want me to wear something else? And he starts to, like, break down. And she's like, what is the matter with you? And finally, he's like, I don't know. And a doctor, I'll say so-and-so, I don't know. I mean, he's having a hard day. He was in the corner crying today. And I don't know why you're looking at me like, oh, he's such a guy. And she's like, what are you mixing in in the pharmacy? Estrogen. He's like, I thought it would have been fine because anybody knows if you do a little bit of estrogen, it automatically turns into testosterone. So I thought it'd be good in the gym, and I just don't know right now. (laughs) He was a wreck. He said, these women, the things you go through once a month, I would never want to go through. He's like, women are strong. Hallelujah. And when you have a grip, when you know yourself, when you know your Achilles heel, when you know the things that are going to drag you down, you begin to employ as a boss in your life faith and patience. Whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's just your emotions, whether it's, you know, depression, sadness, whatever, you pull it together. You say, I'm the boss of my life. I'm going to begin to employ faith and patience. Hallelujah. And that's how you begin to work on a breakthrough. When you begin to employ these things, that is how you begin to employ your breakthrough. And your breakthrough is inevitable because you begin to get into the word of God. You begin to know who Jesus is. You begin to fall in love with him. But then you begin to have such a revelation of how much he loves you, that he loves you so much. Jesus loves all of us, and there's nothing we can do to change it. That's it. It settles it. He loves you, and there's nothing you can do to change it. And when you realize how much he loves you, you begin to start walking in confidence. And when you become stern and stubborn on the things of God, you're going to have an inevitable breakthrough no matter what. Okay, now I said, I'm not going to just give testimony about myself. You all are going to have a breakthrough today. Are you ready? Are you ready for your breakthrough? Are you ready to experience a breakthrough? Everybody stand up. Come on. We're going to do this. So now like they say in the gym, if you need a spot, which means if you're, if you're benching or something, you need about five pounds off or something, we have what we call right by you as a chair. If you need to modify, I'm, I'm putting a disclaimer on this. If you need to modify, you modify. Modify means if you, if you need to go half strength or only a little bit, you, only, you do you. You be safe, okay? I'm going to stand over here by this couch. So here's how you get a breakthrough. Somebody say, I'm, gonna, I'm about to get a breakthrough. There, Come on. There are 10 steps. Somebody say 10. There are 10 steps to a breakthrough. Hallelujah. So you do what I do, okay? Okay, someone say step number one. Squat a little bit. Hallelujah. You're about to employ faith and patience. Somebody say faith and patience. I'm employing faith and patience. And this is how I get my breakthrough. Step number two. Squat a little more. Woo! You got to remember there's ten steps, okay? Keep that in mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. So we're employing faith and patience. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Step number three. Let's squat a little more. testimonies. It's great to have encouragement. All right, I got one more thing. Everybody stand up. Woo! This is how it's done. This is how it's done. I'm wrapping up real quick. I mean, I am wrapping up real quick. Woo, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Stay away from your notes, Heather. Thank you, Jesus. So you want to see how breakthrough works? Do what I do. Step number one. 
Squat a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Believing and trusting God, and you're in that moment. Your next breakthrough comes through. Hallelujah. Step number 10, sit down. That's called a track record with Jesus. When you've been through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, when you've been through all of them, and now you've acquired a track record, you begin to learn how to trust God. You begin to know what faith looks like for you. You're not no longer doing it in mental ascent, but now you step over into faith. And you begin to employ faith and patience in your life. There is nothing that cannot be done for you. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to read this last bit one more time. Hallelujah, God. This is so important. So important. My time is gone. But thank you, Jesus. So that last verse, hallelujah, verse 12. So that you may not be lazy, but be an imitator. Somebody say imitator. Of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hallelujah. An imitator. Does anybody know? Excuse me. Ooh, I got myself worked up over there. You're going to get worked up. When you're employing faith and patience, it's going to get real uncomfortable at times. But you're going to have to do the difficult. God will do the impossible. Roger Bannister, he was an English runner. He broke the four-minute mile. He broke the four-minute mile. And it was awesome. But do you know that it was only 46 days later that somebody else broke it? Because they had someone to see. They had, they had someone to imitate. You are somebody's four-minute mile. What you do in life... As you begin to employ faith and patience, and in your job, maybe somebody's giving you a hard time, I'm the boss of my life. I'm employing faith and patience. Somebody's about to see me imitate the life of Jesus. You are somebody's four-minute mile. And you begin to employ faith and patience, there's nothing you can't do. Amen? Amen. Well, did you get something out of today? Hallelujah. God bless you guys. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.